welcome and good evening or good morning or good afternoon wherever you're listening to this um this is the aggregate score with myself elijah and i'm joined by my guy my don god give him the accolades i what are you saying bro yes sir i'm good i'm good bro how you been yeah i've been all right you know you know when we there's there's always like a hiatus period yeah. like you know when we do an episode sorry guys you're thinking when this episode comes out you're like yes it finally came out like raw, what's going on? I'm like, man, I'm planning the wedding is tricky. Man. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's just been it's been interesting on both parties. Like yours, obviously planning a wedding and stuff. Life has just been life in for me as well. Like it's just been a an interesting few weeks. Every time we try and set time to record and stuff, we've been yes. mad busy. So honestly, honestly, and, and funny enough, if like you're listening to actually one of um the friends of ours from um we'll talk about that later. Um I won't mention his name because I wanted to be a surprise to all the listeners mm-hmm. when um, he jumps on next time. I actually wanted him to come on today, but it was just a bit tricky. I didn't actually let him know about it. And I was like, okay, we'll get him on. So if you're listening to this specifically for the NBA, do listen in to this episode, but also to next because we'll try and get him on. He's a big, big um, Golden State Warriors fan. And obviously he's super excited because they they took the title. They did the business. And um. I'm actually gonna say over to you, I. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you run things. I'm gonna yeah, be 100%. a passenger in the boat. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's cool. Yeah. So we're just gonna, actually, as you mentioned, obviously, we're gonna kick off with the NBA and we're gonna get things started like that. Um, so obviously, as you mentioned, um, you know, the Warriors won the championships since the last time we spoke. Obviously, we spoke around game. Maybe game three or game four. I think it was like two two at the point we spoke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was like you know, um, touch and go in it, and a lot of, do you know what? A lot of the pundits were saying it was actually the Celtics to win. They were yeah. just saying like their their defense was better. Um, but yeah, man, do do your thing. Mention up that <laughs> I just chipped in there. I sprinkled <laughs> a little Maggie on there still. <laughs> no, of course, yeah. So like, yeah, with the you know the Warriors and the Celtics were two two at the time we last spoke. Since then, uh, Warriors won two games back-to-back and won the championship. Um, and I'm pretty sure in our last episode, we both discussed how we thought, obviously, Golden State had enough to win it because they, just, they got the experience and stuff. Yeah. But um, but the Celtics had that young, you know, the youth a little bit on the side with Jason Tatum and, and, and Jalen Brown. Um, and also the defence was was quite dominant. Uh, but in game game five and game six, I think, like, the Warriors really punched them guys in the mouth and, like, just came back with their own fire on defence. Um, and it's it very interesting. So obviously, we're going to just talk a little bit about how we got to the point where we got to. I think mm-hmm. we might have discussed it last time, but for the Warriors, for example, um, they were the third seed in the West. Uh, had to obviously beat out the Denver Nuggets, who had Jokic, who was the MVP of this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they beat them four one. Obviously, get through to play to play Memphis um, and a, and a, a young up and coming John Morant. Um, but they get past them four two in their series. Mm-hmm. Then for the conference finals, obviously you have to play Dallas Mavericks, who are, you know, being led by one of the up-and-coming superstars in the league, Luka Doncic. But they deal with them quite comfortably, win 4-1 in their series, uh, and that's their route to the final. Uh, and then for the Celtics, kind of the, I guess, like, the underdogs, I guess, of the finals, but in terms of, like, their their route to the to the actual playoffs, um, as we talked about last episode, started off at one point in the season, they were 11th in the East, um, ended up second in the East. Yeah. Uh, they quite famously beat Brooklyn in that first round, 4-0, absolutely whitewashed them boys. It was a bit yeah, of a shock yeah, to everybody. That, I think that was probably like, 
for me, that was probably like um, I wouldn't say game of the season, game of the season, or the game of the playoffs, but definitely a massive shock. Definitely, yeah. definitely a massive shock. Definitely, like I, yeah, what definitely 100%. speeches anyway. <laughs> Exactly, it took everybody by surprise. Um, no one, no one kind of saw them coming out that first round initially because we thought, obviously, this this Brooklyn team with, with Kyrie uh, and KD at full fitness, the hope was that they were full fitness that they could, they had enough. Um, but obviously, something's missing, um, and we'll talk about it, I'm sure, a bit later as well. Uh, but they beat the the Nets. They go on to play the Milwaukee uh, Bucks, who, again, last season's champions. So it seems like they're going through every every single obstacle basically just to get to the finals. Mm. Um, that series goes seven games. They win it four three in the end. A hard fought series. They then get to the conference finals. Have to play Miami, another tough team who obviously had won that. Who got to the finals two three years before that in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, no, two years before that in the bubble, uh, but and had made it this point to the conference finals. But they again another tough hard fought series goes to seven games. They beat them four three as well just to make the finals. Um, so you can imagine obviously the Celtics have, have overcome kind of every obstacle that you can you could think of to get to the finals. Yeah, exactly. They face up against a Golden State Warriors team who are obviously good and led by, um, you know, Steph Curry. But you're thinking they have enough in the tank to kind of pull it through and they win that game one. And it's all looking like, okay, this could be very interesting. Mm. Um, but as we obviously mentioned, we at the last time we spoke, it was 2-2. Um, and since then, like, you know, the Warriors were able to, to win it 4-2. So I guess my first question to you really is, um, yeah, like, what was, what was your biggest takeaways, I guess, from the finals and, and the Warriors winning this series? Like, like, were you shocked by it? Obviously, we both weren't kind of shocked, but, like, were you just pleasantly surprised by the fact that they were able to, like, get through those last two games quite quickly? Or did you think it would go to seven games? Um, No, man. I just, I was a little bit surprised, but I think it's something that I mentioned on the pod before. I think those uh, turnovers by the Celtics is what really changed the series. There were other pointers as well. But mm. for me, they turned over the ball just too much especially in certain um, stints in the game. And that allowed Golden State, you know, to kind of like sometimes like just take advantage. But do you know what? It's experience. When you've been there before and you've got people who are doing their thing, like, look, the Splash Brothers didn't even have the proper splash. Obviously, we'll talk about Curry a bit later. But um, Clay wasn't even his usual, usual, like old school Clay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a bit gritty at times. And they had to really, really, truly rely on the brilliance of, of Steph but um, yeah Boston just sometimes an experience when you've not been in this this place before it's hard and you're looking to your players especially in game six um, uh, Jason Tatum man oh man like if we even look at the stats if I, if I go through the, the shooting stats I mean um, he he was six of 18 now from the field one of four he had 13 points seven assists like from your star guy, you can't be scoring 13 points. You you really can't. Like Jalen Brown, obviously massive game, like, but you need you need your, your guys to be on it. And um they didn't really get much help from the bench as well. Whereas if you look at Golden State's bench, um Paul, who was I feel in the series, he he had he had his part to play as well. Yeah, he, he was brill. He was brill, like he was doing his thing. Some of his shooting was crazy. Honestly, their 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 young core going forward, Golden State was was mad. But um, yeah, for me, it's experience. It's experience in getting this legacy, and they now have that legacy. That's that's four rings for the Golden State Warriors. You know, all built upon um, drafting and building, but also when the moment comes, not being afraid to get 
world-class players because we have to give credit to KD, who now, funny enough, is now available. And let's talk mm. about him possibly coming. Dark Horse may be back, but we don't know because obviously Brooklyn want, like, you know, <laughs> they want <laughs> a big pot of gold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For him. So, um, but in terms of the actual championships, credit to Golden State. And to answer your question, it was experience, man. Experience just shone through from um, the Warriors. Yeah. No, 100%. I think um, that game six was a big one. Like, obviously, the way that that game kind of just flipped on its head quite drastically, um, it just shows that, that that experience really came through and, and manifested itself for this, this Warriors team. Like Going into the season, obviously, I think we I think we might have mentioned how we, we thought they could be an interesting team because of the pieces they had. Obviously, there was talk of Clay coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. Um, Steph is Steph Curry, so that's going to be a, he's a given. Um, obviously, Draymond is himself as well. But there's also the talk of uh, people like James James um, James Wiseman, their their young rookie or not rookie, a second year player who's coming in um, that could have could have done things this season. But really, like the season started a bit funny. Obviously, James Wiseman goes down injured. He didn't play a single game this year. Um, Clay didn't come back to like midway of the season. And you're thinking, okay, cool. Like this Warriors team is good, but do they have enough in the tank to take it all the way? Um, and obviously, a lot of pundits quite famously said that um, they're not going to make it to the finals ever again. Mm. So a lot of people didn't have faith in this Warriors team at all. They were quite quite doubted even going into the playoffs. Um, but yeah, they were able to you know see it through because of that experience. And I think they kind of proved again. I guess with the NBA, it's like it's a copycat league. Um, the the way that people are doing things now through the draft, everyone's just trying trying to build the next Warriors dynasty. Basically, I think we all initially thought it was kind of done after that first round of three game three um three championships they won. Yeah, a lot, true, a lot of people true. thought this was it. This this is the end of the dynasty. They thought, yeah, um, and even myself included, I kind of was one of the bandwagoners who kind of assumed that the um the dynasty was done after that. Obviously, KD left. Then mm. um, they were like picking top of the draft in some years, and you're like, okay, cool, like this is done now, like it's it's over. But really, um, they've proven like nah, we were just retooling to get to come back next season. And mm. if you look at their team now, obviously they've lost a couple of players from free agency and stuff, but they're, they're going to retool again and get some new players to support Steph and Clay and Jordan Poole and, and Draymond. And James Wiseman's going to come back fit again next year, so they're going to have even more players. Yeah. Um, so they've got a strong chance to go for it again to try and two-peat this thing. So, um, yeah, this Warriors team, was, was they meant business. And um, it's quite, it was quite interesting, again, to obviously see a West team come back and win it. Um, obviously, after last season, it was an East team in the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. This uh, Steph Curry is, is just the guy, man. He he proved it. I think I kept, I kept saying how like I don't think he was at full full strength yet. I don't think he was in his final form yet. Yeah. Um, but he definitely by the end of it, like he reached out and he was well deserving of his his finals MVP. He was. Um, he was indeed. You have to give it to him. He was. Um, yeah, the Warriors really had to depend on him a lot. Um, and this is why his he he is um as as uh. Stephen A. Smith will say one of the greatest shooters of all time. Mm. You know, he's been a bit up or down, but you know, when push came to shove, he got the job done. He really did. Yeah. And um, it's amazing to see that um, he should never be doubted. But we had mentioned this before that they were dark horses and it's just their play. But that, you know, Andrew Wiggins, shout out to him. and then also um, Andrew Wiggins, shout out to him. But then also Kevin, I feel like Kevin Looney Kevin, did his Kevin bit Looney, as well. Yeah, yeah like um, um, Paul as well. Like it's just these bits. This young core coming through was re- really helped the guys. Also mm-hmm. Draymond Green, 
You know, look at him in the last game. He had a double-double. He had 12, 12 and 8. So, nearly close to having a triple-double. And mm-hmm. a lot of what they do well, you know, goes through him as well in terms of playmaking and also the def- defence as well. But for me, the Celtics, like, it, it will burn them for this because I feel like match-to-match they had it. But this is yeah, what they were, they were in it every game, but they just couldn't finish. As we, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, they couldn't finish the dinner. They, they, they couldn't. And I mean, like... Marcus Smart, obviously, um, you know, defensive player of the year, like, did did decently, but I still wanted more from him. And do you know what? I would still not rip this up. Like, no. they're still, they, you know, like, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they can definitely play with each other and mm-hmm. definitely go it done. Because if you look at their route to the finals, they have to beat some big teams. Big, big teams. Like, that laying the smack down on the Brooklyn, I said, okay. At first, I was like, I had to take stock of that because I was like, rah. But obviously, with the mess which is going on, uh, I need to call it a mess at Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on there. But it, it, this win for for the Warriors had definitely elevated them. That was jokes. That has elevated them to to legacy status. This is it. This team is this is the team. Like definitely working through the draft helps. But what's happening a lot of these days, a lot of teams are mortgaging their futures on the now. They want to yeah, win exactly. the now. It's about you got, the now. You got like a mix. You got a mixture in it. You got teams who are mortgaging on the now, kind of yeah. like your your team a little bit. What you did with when you when you traded for Paul George, yeah, um, yeah. you gave all the picks. You said every oh. single pick we have for the next five years, every you take them all, um, and we're just going to build. We're just going to get genuine superstars and see if we can build that way. Um, but you got teams that are trying to build for the draft. The likes of obviously Golden State have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, and other teams and they've proved now this way that their way works um so now we're going to see teams that i guess do that now which is what we saw kind of with the draft we're going to talk about that a bit later as well but we yeah. saw that a bit with the draft of the team a lot of teams trading away their picks for more picks so yeah. they can try and stop parties picks and, and and hopefully try and pick a superstar who can help lead their team to a championship like like uh golden state did but i mean to echo your points as well though definitely obviously jason tatum is a superstar that's that's not even up for debate but the i i think the, the one thing that's clear in this finals is that he's a superstar yeah. but he's just not he's not the guy yet um i think it was quite obvious at times when he was uh quite clearly just just being mocked out of the game by this warriors defense um and there was times when he obviously quite you know famously didn't didn't score a lot of points and that's kind of what he needs to do for this team to be successful so he wasn't able to do that at the biggest moments but for him to get them to that point it says a lot about him as a player and what he can do in the future. Um, but he definitely is going to need uh, some help if they're going to try and topple one of these one of these giants that are going to come their way in the next year or two. Because every team seems to be ruling up, tooling up right now to come back and try and try and make a run at it again, which they've done actually themselves. They've just uh, they obviously traded for um, Malcolm Brogdon, um, point guard from Indiana. So they've, they've they're trying to do that themselves and trying to tool up and come back ready to fight again. So that's going to be interesting. But um, we talked a bit about Steph Curry though. Um, my question to you really is obviously Steph Curry now, in my opinion, the greatest shooter of all time. Yeah, um, that's that's not even up for debate for me personally. Obviously, for some people they talk about other players. For me, I think he's the greatest shooter of all time. But where does he fit rank now? Your like, do you reckon he's now like a top five player of all time in terms of not just shooter, but actually like a top five player of all time? Oh, I mean, oh gosh. Because when I think about my top five, right, I've got like obviously Michael Jordan's there, regardless. That's that's just the yeah. way it is. LeBron is there for me for me up there as well. Yeah. I then have like people like I have Kobe up there for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've got Magic Johnson up there for me personally. Um, and then that fifth player for me right now is Steph Curry. 
I think he's I think he's coming to that top five for me personally, just as as like a if you consider now the, the fact that he's won four championships, um, all the MVPs, the scoring, like the fact that he's now the you know got the most three pointers of anyone ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's I think it's undeniable now. I think I think when it's all said and done, if they could, if they can make another run and win a fifth championship, oh, then like yeah, it will be over. Like I think people will start talking about him as the greatest of all time. Like next to LeBron, they'll be like, is it LeBron? Is it him? Mm. Is it is it Michael? Like I think I think he's he's solidified his legacy for sure for sure. But in fact, in terms of like top ten, no no doubt in anyone's mind, I think top ten player. But top five maybe for me, I think he's he's etched himself into that. But what do you reckon? I'm gonna have to agree with you. Actually, I have to because it you know when the going gets tough, these elite players can take your team up a level. And and literally that's what Golden State had to do. They were not, they were great. They were they were good. You have to give it to them this season. But they weren't exceptional. Like they they kind of left a little bit there for the Celtics to bat on. They they couldn't get it done. But that was all through to 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 Steph. Like Steph had to step it up. Like it, it was so apparent to see that um Clay isn't there just yet. You're getting a little bit, bits and bobs, but everyone did. Everyone has to admit that he's come back from some crazy injuries. Honestly, he's back to back. going to take tap. Yeah, so he, he slid in there. If they if they were to get a fifth, my word. I mean, he he's edged as one of the greatest players of the game for sure. Now, well, mm. it will be interesting to see. I mean, like LeBron has gone on to say like he would, um, he would. LeBron said that he would love to play with him, and why not? Why would you not want to play with a with a type of player like this? Like it, it's it's crazy, but he has. We've had so many great players like Kareem, obviously, you've mentioned LeBron, like yeah. He, he's he, he's getting it too there. Like, yeah, man. I, I have to give it. It's it's the shooting, it's the three points, it's the consistency, it's the oh man. Yeah, it's the actual um all NBA teams as well selection. It's yeah, it's a lot, man. It's a lot. He's done his thing. He's the great one. I never, I never doubted it. I've never wanted to be bashing him. I did say towards the end of last season, his shooting has been up or down. But we know how great he can be. So yeah, man, it's just about him, you know, teaching some of these guys coming through. Yeah. And um, as they say, <laughs> we go again. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Exactly, yeah. And, and like he's, as, as, as we mentioned, obviously, he's on his fourth championship right now. That means yeah. he's got as many as people like Larry Bird. He's got as many as Shaq. He's got as many as LeBron. When it's all said, said and done, he might have more. Like, he might still have more and he's not, he's nowhere near finished. And, yeah. I, and I, I can't even think to imagine what the scoring will be like. I think once he's done with the three-point record, like, it's, I don't think anyone's catching that. Unless, well, actually, more, I, don't, I won't say anyone, because the way that these kids are shooting three points nowadays, it's insane. But... Crazy. I think he's. I think he'll have the record for quite some time because he's just gonna keep. He's not gonna stop scoring three pointers. Like that's the bread and butter of his game. So yeah, he he's that guy for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, we talked obviously a little bit about the finals. Um, it was a good time. Um, it felt. Did, did you feel at all like like no one was really watching it? Like I kind of got the vibe that no one was really watching these finals. Um, myself, was- myself included though. Like I I didn't watch every single game, but I kind of got the vibe that no one was really on it. Yeah. I thought the same as well. It's a bit weird. I don't know. It's because it was like, ah, oh, it's Golden State making it. Maybe yeah. it was another kind of team. But um, it, it's it's definitely an interesting one. I don't know how it will go. Like, 
um, for next season. It's always exciting when the season starts again because you've got more games like Christmas yeah. games. You're looking out for particular games as well. Um, it did feel like that a little bit, but maybe there's a change in maybe there's a, a changing of the guard. Maybe we'll see something different. There was a lot of teams who were who were close to a lot of young players who are who are um, you know bona fide stars rising through. A lot of players got their money, you know. As we'll get into, as we will talk about, you know, um, people signing max deals and stuff like that. So it, it could deals. be quite interesting for next season and how some of these players from the draft, you know, obviously, obviously come through. So yeah, I'm excited. But you were kind of right. It felt a little bit like, mm, is it as great as other years? But I'm excited for for everyone to go about and do it all over again. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah, I did, I did kind of get that vibe that people have, maybe have this. Um... I feel like we might have got fatigue of like just watching the Warriors dominate. Maybe because we saw that obviously a couple of years pre- previously where they dominated for like three, four, five years straight. Um, maybe people got people got a bit of fatigue about seeing them in the finals again. So they kind of weren't, weren't really looking forward to watching it. But yeah, true. It was still entertaining. Um, and I think like players, as you mentioned, that have young are coming through. People like Jordan Poole, um, obviously Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the other side. Um, and it's it's quite exciting to see. But as we mentioned, obviously the Warriors have been building through the draft. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks after the finals, we did actually have the NBA draft. Um, and we're just going to talk about a couple of these uh, these picks. I don't know if you managed to watch any of the draft, but I kind of stayed up till 3, 4 a.m. watching the first round and a bit of the second round. Jeez, bro, you'll beat um, me too. Yeah, I had to, I had to like, you know, you have to do the readover in the morning because like, I should have oh. slept, bro. <laughs> I'm so tired the next day. <laughs> I hear that, bro. I hear that. I should have slept. But um, we're just going to try and review some of these, uh, the, obviously the first 14 picks, the lottery picks. Um, okay. and, and see if any any teams maybe stood out to you. But there's also some trades as well. The Knicks just keep on being the Knicks, and I don't even I don't understand what, what the organization is doing. But in fact, not just the Knicks, Knicks, just New York basketball in general just is a shambles right now. Like the Knicks yeah. on one side, you got Brooklyn on one side, they just look in disarray. Like it's just it's a mess. But we'll go through it. Um, so the first, obviously, first overall pick was from Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. I think the consensus was that they were going to pick uh, one of either Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith Jr. Who looked to kind of be the first uh, two players that were going to go off the board? Yeah, um, but they kind of shocked everybody just before the draft happened. It was like reported that they're going to pick up uh, Paolo Banchero, uh, who's a forward from Duke, six ten guy, um, and he's a guy that obviously that they'd been looking at for some time, and they kept it under wraps because a lot of people kind of assumed he was going to be maybe the third overall pick to Houston or something, or maybe at best the second overall pick. But um, yeah, I think obviously Orlando found the guy that they really wanted. Mm-hmm. He's a guy, a guy that they can pair now with um, players that they have, like Cole Anthony and um, I think last year's pick that they have. I've forgotten his name. The guy from Gonzaga. Why have I forgotten his name? No, oh, which one? Um... I can't believe I've forgotten his name. I can see his face in my, in my head, but it's fine. But also him as well. They've got a lot, got a lot of young players, Jonathan Isaacs, uh, guys like that, who, who who they really believe in. So they go and pick up a new forward who, who can um, kind of play uh, that position quite well. He's quite big. He's athletic. He's got a lot of length to him. Really big, um, like NBA body. Like he seems to be one of the most NBA ready players in the draft. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the first overall pick uh, for them. And then they also we had the second overall pick from Oklahoma City, who just continue to have picks for the next like ten years. It seems. Um, I think they got some of your picks from the from the Paul George trade. Yeah. Uh, they've got everybody's picks basically. Like they've just got all the picks. So their obviously choices were now between the, the top three in this draft, which is obviously Paolo Banchero, Chet Holmgren, and Jabari Smith. 
uh, they go ahead and pick up uh, the kind of the unicorn of the draft, uh, Chet Holmgren, who's a seven yeah. foot guy, big lanky player. That guy, um, oh my word, yeah, yeah, very skinny, but big, uh, good yeah, two-way player. That's what I keep thinking, but for some reason, in all in all his interviews, he keeps saying how he's not really focused on putting on weight. But like I think his welcome to the NBA moment when he gets an elbow from Zion Williamson, <laughs> the way this man will fly across the court, like then he'll know he needs to bulk up because he needs oh, to bulk up. True, true, true. But in all the interviews I've watched him, he keeps saying, "Yeah, I think I'm just need to focus on maybe put on the right weight." I'm like, "But just put on some weight because you look really skinny right now." And Zion is not playing games, and neither the rest of these forwards slash centers in this league. Like people like Zion, people like Giannis, are just going to elbow you in the chest and you're going to feel it for the next week. So he's going to have to put on some weight for sure, for sure. But he looks to be really talented, a good two-way player, can block for days. Mm. Um, obviously a big man that can shoot, which is always a, is always a good thing. A seven footer that can shoot. <laughs> There's always a helper, exactly. So it's, it's a bit scary what, what he could be if he really realises his potential. But I think he's one of those players that had kind of the highest ceiling in the draft, but also has quite a pretty low floor. If he doesn't work out, he could just be another bust. But we'll see. Obviously, time will tell. OKC seems to have, they have a really good like um, training staff and, and a really good team of developing players. Obviously, they have the likes of people that come through like KD and Westbrook and all these players and even the younger up-and-coming players like Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, and all these guys. So we'll see what happens with that team going forward. Uh, then the third overall pick was by Houston. Um, they then picked Jabari Smith, who was the obvious third overall yeah, pick. Yeah, I like point. that pick. Those are the pick. Kind of felt like they got a for them, they feel like they got a number one pick at number three, basically. Um, yeah, guy who a lot, of, a lot of people had him as going number one, but in the end, uh, he went number three. Uh, but he's a really good scorer, has like ability to score on all three levels. Um, and he's, he's a good defensive player as well, big time, uh, a good yeah. forward. So, really good size in the, at this draft. I think at the top of this draft, people that are like 6'10 and above going one, two, and three. Um, mm-hmm. and I think for Houston, obviously, they're a team now in a rebuild mode. Uh, they've got a young player in Jalen Green who they really like, uh, and other players, young players in that team. Um, people like Kevon, uh, what's his name, Kevin Porter Jr., and all these other guys who could be really good. So I think uh, that's going to be quite interesting to see how this team develops as well. But Houston obviously pick up another young superstar or up and coming superstar, they hope. Um, and then I guess what, what most people said is that the draft kind of started at number four because everyone kind of knew who one, two, and three would be. They just didn't know what order they'd go in. Yeah, that's true. But the draft kind of started at number four. Um, and then we obviously have Sacramento picking Keegan Murray. Uh, he's a 6'8 forward from Iowa. Um, he's a guy who, the season before, I think he averaged like eight points in like his whole season, the season before this this last one. Uh, but he, he increased that crazy one up to like 24 points or something around that around that level. He's quite a, quite a smart basketball player. Um, and he seems to already be like causing quite a bit of a hit. And even in the Summer League, I just saw the last game that they just played in the Summer League. I think he averaged, he got like 20 points, something like that. Um, so he looks to be quite a smart, young, athletic player who could be good on the wings for them at Sacramento. They need players now. They're in rebuild mode, rebuild mode as well. So yeah, master. they need as much talent as possible to, to go through the future. Um, and then um, I guess we'll just do the top five because I've been talking for way too long. Uh, but then Detroit, they pick up Jaden Ivey, who's a young athletic guard, super athletic, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of comparisons to John Morant. I saw that during yeah, the, yeah, the pre a lot of people seeing that. What's also funny is that his mum is a former, uh, obviously like former WNBA player, uh, who's also a coach, a former coach in the NBA, and she coached John Rand in one of his first few seasons with, with Memphis. Oh, look at that! Uh, it's quite interesting that obviously he's getting comparisons to John Rand now, as he's mm. a young, uh, athletic, quite not not the tallest guy, but six four, but still uh, crazy. He's got athletic. some crazy handles. The handles yeah. are, 
you get a chance super to explosive. See if you're, you know, you like to watch as I do sometimes as well. You watch like highlight reels. My goodness, that boy, that boy's got Scott <laughs> got skills for days. Exactly, uh, and obviously they think he can he can match up with um, their last first round pick or first overall pick from last year, Kay Cunningham, mm-hmm. um, and all the other things that they've picked up. Um, but speaking of Detroit, obviously they had one of the big trades of the draft night, which was when they traded for Kemba Walker uh, from the Knicks, mm. who just who just keep making crazy decisions after crazy decision. Oh. So the Knicks traded. <laughs> let me make, let me get this right so I don't mess it up. The Knicks traded. Jalen Duran, who was the 13th overall pick, a guy that a lot of people saw as like one of the best big men in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, they traded him and Kemba Walker for a first round pick in 2025. Oh lord. What, what was your what was your thought process behind? behind I didn't see that. Like, <laughs> I'm about to start. What the heck? Obviously, yeah, what, what we're not in 2025 now. What not yeah, exactly like that's that's like two years two years away, and even that pick itself. It's from the Bucks, so it's not going to be a good pick next in that in like two years. The Bucks are still going to be a good team, and they still have Giannis. So, where's the logic in trading? Obviously, a guy who wasn't who wasn't playing anyway, Kemba Walker was out the door anyway. But you trade a, a guy, a young like obviously thirteenth overall pick, who everyone sees as one of the best best big men in this draft. But you trade him away for like a future idea of a pick that could be a thing in the future, and like to get that pick, that number thirteen overall pick, what what they have to trade to Charlotte just to get it. They had to trade like four second rounders and a first rounder in 2023. So my yeah. question to you is, what are the Knicks doing? <laughs> oh, it's just, do you know what it was? Yeah, I thought I, I remember. I'm, you know, I'm always like reflecting and having flashbacks of what I've said on the on the pod. But you know what, the Knicks. You know what, like when Randall had that season when they were doing things and making a playoff. I thought, yes. I don't know. Last season, they just like. They they returned to habit, man. Started doing some some craziness, and then now you just see in the draft, you just there like such a such a like the, in terms of where they are, like where things are there, like situated and stuff. New York, that that actual stadium, yeah, Madison Square Garden is the thing, and they're just doing nonsense after nonsense. Get it sorted, guys. Get it sorted, <laughs> like. You might have to, uh, I don't know, you might have to decide, man. Just try try it. Obviously, it's insane. they did pick up a nice piece um, in terms of free agency. Who did they sign? Was it Bronson? Or, um, you know, the yeah, guy so, from... so that's the thing. They they really gave everything to Jalen Brunson. Like they had, they, the rumor obviously is that because his dad is a coach, so they hired his dad as a coach this offseason. Um, okay. And they cleared up a bunch of cap space. Um, and that was the idea. The hope is that they'd get him to be their starting point guard going forward. Um, and he's a guy who obviously is a he's a really solid point guard. He proved it for Dallas last year, especially in the playoffs. He was big time. Um, but he's like he's Jalen Brunson. Like he's a small small guard in the NBA. He's his his ceiling is is not the highest mm-hmm. because of his size one and also the position he plays is quite. He's a he's a shifty shifty small guard, um, and he can shoot and he can score in bunches. But um, in terms of like the he's not the best. He can't be the best in my opinion anyway. Right now in his career. I don't think he's the best player on a championship team. I think he's one of the like supporting players for a superstar, basically, which I guess is a good thing to have in your team. You need to have the supporting players. So if they have the likes of um, obviously RJ Barrett, they've now got um, Jalen Brunson. But I, in my opinion, I think for the Knicks to be relevant again, 
they need one more superstar. Like they need to do like a big trade or something or make a big free agency signing. Yeah, they do. They do support these guys because they because currently they they'll be a middle of the pack Eastern team in my opinion. I think they'll make the playoffs maybe if Julius Randle can get back to that form of two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and RJ Barrett continues to put to uh, you know progress and all that stuff. And Jalen Brunson just just becomes him solid himself, which is quite being a quite solid basketball player. But they need more. They need something really big to help push them over the line. And they just don't have that yet. And and New York basketball is just in a really funny state. As you mentioned, obviously Madison Square Garden is obviously seen as the mecca of basketball a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, their teams are just both out here doing clown town things, bro. Like the Nets, we can talk about the Nets now. Like we'll talk a bit about free agency, the frenzy that is free agency. Like I thought the NFL offseason was crazy, but the NBA offseason has just been like, hold my beer. Like honestly, man, I'll show you. Oh. <laughs> it's been insane. Like the, the moves that have been made, the decisions that have been made by certain players. Uh, and certain organizations, nothing makes sense right now. There is no logic. Everything is just up in the air. It's just, like, you know what it is? It's the wild, wild west, boy. That's exactly what it is, yeah. It's, it's the, the wild, wild, wild west. west. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make any sense. So, obviously, we'll talk about it the Nets. Like, um, the big talk going into free agency was that Kyrie was thinking about, obviously, not resigning and accepting his player option to, to sign for that extra year. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was rumors swirling that he might be considering a trade to different teams. The Lakers came up as, as a team. I naturally was mad excited at the thought of having Kyrie with AD and LeBron. I thought, okay, cool. That'd be amazing. Um, and I don't care what we give up to get them. But he ended up re-signing and accepting his player option only for like two days later for Katie to be like, hey, guys, I, I request a trade. And I was like, huh? KD requested a trade? So the whole NBA, as you can imagine, is just like notepads, I'm sure, are flinging in the air in boardrooms, left, right and centre. People are just like people are just like I don't know what to do right now. What can we give up for KD? What can we he's, offer? Yeah, what can we offer? Like take it all because he's currently up, up for grabs. Um, but in terms of free agency itself, it's been a bit of a mad one. Uh, obviously, we can we can talk about some of the big, big moves that are made uh, so far. We have um, from the uh, Nuggets, Jokic obviously signed that big five year extension, which is now obviously the biggest, biggest contract I think in NBA history. Right, he's a yeah, record. Dude. 264 million supermax contract extension. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a two-time MVP, so kind of makes sense that he was gonna get that money. It makes sense to get out, get that, get that P. <laughs> but that one's kind of kind of crazy. Obviously, mm-hmm. Brad Bill um declined his player option. So the thought, the thought that he was might he might be a free agent. Uh, but in the end, he ended up re-signing with the Wizards uh, and he's agreed to like a 251 max. Yeah. I've got the numbers big, here. <laughs> big 251 max contract. Ooh which is, is big money. But my question really for you on Bradley Bill is like, do you think now he's really just resigned himself to being like a middle of the pack player, basically? Because he's a guy who, as, as a shooting guard, I think he's viewed as maybe one of the top five, 10 shooting guards in the league. Yeah. But he plays for a really trash team. Well, not really trash, but a team that no one really sees going super far in the playoffs. Yeah. Like the Wizards obviously have some pieces. They've got Kuzma. They've got um, Chris Stapps. They've now got Bradley Bill re-signed. Um, but no one's really thinking of them as like a championship contender. So like, do you think he's now just resigned himself that this is just his lot now in the NBA? He's never going to really be a championship kind of player. He's going to be a good player on, a, on an average team. A little bit possibly, but you need to get your money in it, man. Mm. Like, he's got that money. I think he's been quite loyal to them. Um, they've given him the money he deserves. Maybe he has accepted. Maybe he thinks there is a possibility that they can they can turn things around, but from my point of view, I, I wouldn't have signed that five year. To be fair, I can't even lie. But maybe try yeah. and you know when you have a player option, you can opt. 
you can opt out. Do you know what I'm saying? And maybe hit free agency again. But man, he had to get paid two five one. That's a lot of money. It's big time. That's, yeah, exactly. That's a lot of money. So he collected his piece, and we'll, we'll see how things plan out. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe a couple like. A couple all star games. I don't know, that's hard to be asked still. <laughs> but <laughs> look, like, I'd have left that team, man. I don't know. Maybe he's seen something we're not seeing. Yeah, so, exactly. Like maybe see. he's just seen, like, maybe this team is actually because if you look at the pieces, they've obviously traded for Will Barton and Monte Morris. Mm-hmm. Um, they've now got Kuzma, as I mentioned, Chris Stapps, uh, Bradley Bill, some young players um, yeah. that I think they believe in. Uh, but like yeah I guess maybe he sees something we don't see they're in the east which isn't always the strongest it was quite strong last year but they're in the east so they have a chance to make the playoffs again um, and I guess they can make a run for it but we'll have to just see I think maybe I, I kind of see it working out that in two years or so two, maybe two three years that he ends up maybe requesting a trade and they have to try and find a way to move this big contract because that's like 40 something million a year they've they've like signed up for so mm. um, and they're, they're now a team that's like in the luxury tax. So they're, they're going to be paying extra fines for being in the luxury tax, but they're not necessarily like a high caliber team. So it's kind of looking like, so you're paying a lot of money and fines and salary, but is there, are you yielding the results that you think you might need? Um, and yeah. that's, that's what's, that's what's going to be very interesting to see how they pan out. Um, we talked about, obviously about uh, Jalen Brunson and the Knicks agreeing to that four year, 104 million deal. Um, big money for him, a player who obviously was, um, he had a really good college career, came to the league, not really seen as that highly valued. Goes to Dallas, has a really good couple of seasons, gets his big money. It's the American dream. Love to see it. Um, from Oklahoma, a big one for me. I think like it's a lot of money that I saw. Um, Lou Dortz, who's like one of their, a, a good guard for them. He averages like, I think he averaged like 17 points last year, four, four rebounds. Mm. A big five million, 87, five years, sorry, 87 million deal. Ooh. And I'm like, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a lot of peas. It's a lot of money for a guy who's, I guess they're trying to rebuild this team and they need some pieces to be staples. And I think he'll be one of those staples now in this team as they get young players yeah. and try to re- rebuild for the future. Um, Carl Anthony Towns got a big extension, four years, 224 million. Yep. Big money. As obviously a player who's seen as, um, you know, one of the, the top centers in the league, uh, they've or top big men in the league, because I guess he's not the center on that team anymore because they traded mm-hmm. for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> oh my goodness, man! What Which was we'll talk about in a second. They gave up a king's ransom. Good lord! <laughs> like <laughs> the was massive. Honestly, they gave up the world for this guy. In fact, they gave up so much. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like if you look at what he demanded, what is what does Kevin Durant demand now? Like. If that's what they gave up just for Rudy Gobert, a guy who people obviously see as a great defensive player, but offensively he's not contributing at all. Oh um, my goodness, it's, it's actually just nuts. They give up like I'm just seeing it now. Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro, um, Bullimore, Walker, Kessler, and Jared Vanderbilt. Then yeah. they gave up 2023 first pick, 2020 <laughs> first pick, then a pick swap 2026 to the first. Pick in 2026. Basically, is what we saying. They mortgage their future. They mortgage their whole future on on having obviously Carl Anthony Towns and Rob and Rudy Gobert and um you know Anthony Edwards, who's a young superstar up and coming. So mm-hmm. like they have mortgaged their whole future now. They're in they're in win now mode. They're trying to get into the playoffs and win something now. Um, so that's gonna be, I mean, it is like they've got a good chance. They had a you know a little nice little run at the end of the last season. They made the playoffs. 
Mm. Um, obviously, quite famously having that big celebration like they'd won the whole championship after they beat uh, the Clippers to get into the the play in the game. But yeah, that's going to be very interesting to see how that plans out for them. Uh, the Pelicans, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago, in fact, whether Zion would be worth the big money considering the injury and the fact, considering the fact that he doesn't seem to want to be in, in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But little... He's getting paid too. <laughs> that boy getting paid as well. <laughs> $231 million over five years, big max contract extension. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's worth it if he pans out because he's just a superstar in the making. But he needs to stay fit and he needs to actually play some games for us to believe it. Um, but that's that's going to be interesting. Uh, a couple more. John Morant gets a big five-year extension as well. We talk about it all the time on this show. He's he's the guy. I think Man, he's he's, uh, he's he's box office. Yeah, he's big time. Like two hundred thirteen million over five years. Well worth every single penny, in my opinion. Give that brother the money. Honestly, give him whatever he wants. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about your team, the Clippers. So, mm. you guys managed to sign John Wall on a two-year deal. Um, after he got his buyout from from the Houston Rockets, we talked about how John John Wall's contract was one of the worst in the NBA. I think he was being owed 47, 46, 47 million, yeah, yeah, and he wasn't playing. Like he was just that's the worst contract ever in terms of in terms of value because he just wasn't playing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, so he agrees to a buyout. I think he got. So he, I think they, they ended up paying him like forty something million of his deal. So he still gets the money, and now he's going to sign a new deal with you guys. Yeah, to retool the Clippers. Um. So obviously he signs a big extension, uh, Zubac signed an extension, and you get Nicholas Batum sign a two-year extension. Yeah. Not to mention you've already got obviously Paul George, your Kawhi coming back from injury next year. Mm-hmm. Are the Clippers title contenders next year? Man, I feel like we're title contenders every year, man. Like, look, this the the wall deal. Like, if it pans out, he just he, we, if we can get a semblance before, you know, the the season he had before we sat out, he was averaging. Mm. Um, he was he was putting out some decent numbers. The decent numbers were not bad. He, he was putting up like um um at least twenty or twenty something points. You know, yeah. seven point seven assists as well. Like like per game. Like this is a this is a, a good guy. Obviously, we're not getting upscale. You know, um um uh, oh gosh, what's his name? John Wall. But you're getting a good you're getting a good version. Like it's yeah, 100%. for me, it helps as well, especially with the playmaking. Because you don't really have a point guard on the roster who can can play mate quite well. Obviously, Reggie Jackson has been doing his thing and and hold tight to Reggie Jackson. But this is definitely an upgrade, and he will definitely be starting wall. So, yeah, our backs won't be against the wall for long. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that was it. But um, yeah, no man, I liked what we did in the off season. Look, we got a good core coming back, Luke. Canard has definitely stepped up as well in terms of his shooting. Um, so as the other guys, Marcus Morris Senior has always been, so has been top notch. Norman Powell as well. It's all about really Kawhi and everyone staying healthy. Look, this is a yeah. good, gritty bunch of players, and they have that heart and desire to go all the way. But if any two of those guys go down, we in problems. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. it, that's just what it is. So. It is about managing them, but it's also about, you know, looking at all the good things that came from last season. I saw some very good games that we did have. And a lot of players do have to step up. Like, I would even say, like, um, Covington will have to step up. Um, mm-hmm. Bait- Bait- Nicholas Batum has been, he's been brilliant, though, to be fair. He's been hitting well, three-point-wise. 
it's good. It's it's just about what um our coach said. It's about staying healthy, getting things done, and getting Kawhi and George in a position where we can go deep in this playoffs. And then you know, the world's our oyster. Anything can really happen. To be fair, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited, excited for um the season ahead. Um, but then also a little bit, a little bit jealous because I can see you guys obviously. In terms of the other side of LA, it looks like the Lakers are trying to do something to get Kyrie to to come. Oh to my Lakers. gosh, we're just Very trying to everything we can do, bro. We're trying to give up everything that everything we have. Yeah, I think like AD has regressed quite a lot as well, but mm. LeBron is just looking. He's like, what can what can we do? You know, what can we package to to get a person like Kyrie, who we know is a dope shooter? I mean, obviously far, far better than Westbrook at the moment anyway. In terms of when they're both at their peaks, you get different versions. You get Kyrie, you get Kyrie the shooter, you know, the sniper as I would say. But then with um, with Westbrook, you just get the power. You get you get pace and power. That's what I put it to you. It's, it's crazy and the strength. And, but he's digressed so much. So it'll be interesting to see what the LA teams can do. But yeah, I feel like the offseason was, went very well for the Clippers is going very well, but I feel like the the Lakers can give us a few little twists and turns here or there. What are you saying for you guys anyway? Like, it's gonna to be tough. Like as you as you mentioned, I think if we can get Kyrie on some kind of trade, the unfortunate thing is with trades is obviously like one team if if, if a team's giving up a superstar, another team has to give up as we've mentioned a King's ransom to get him. Yeah. Um, so it's gonna take something like Westbrook and like all the picks we have for the next ten years. And like some other young players like THT and all these other guys, just to try and get Kyrie through the door. And once we've done that, you then have to try and retool around that and get other players to support and be role players. Um, and I and I wonder whether it'll ever happen. My hope, my heart wants it to happen because I'd love to see eight, um Kyrie and, and LeBron back together again. Um, mm-hmm. for like the nostalgia, the nostalgia of it all. And I'd love to see what AD can do when he's got like two other players with him that he that can support him because he's as you mentioned, maybe regressed a little because of the injuries, but like if he stays fit, he's a player that's capable of being a top 10 player in the league. He just needs to stay fit. And he hasn't been able to do that for the last like almost two years now. Um, and we need, I think this is the proving season now. This is the third and final strike. If he cannot be fit another, another season, then we have to look elsewhere for our future. We can't bank it all on him because LeBron's got another year or two maybe left. Um, yeah, then. At, just not, not left of being a superstar, but just left of being with the Lakers. I think once his contract is done, he's going to go wherever his son goes. Um, yeah, I think that's and we need we need we need AD to come like you know come to his own and be the be the superstar of the team and carry us. But if he's not fit, he can't do that. So same with your team. I just think that fitness is the main thing. I think if the Clippers are fit, they're definitely a championship contender next year. There's no way you have two of the best two way players in the league uh, with John Wall, who seems like if social media is anything to go by, he seems mad enthusiastic for it. Really up for like the challenge of playing again. Obviously, he hasn't played any games last year. We played a few like minimal games last year. Um, so he's hungry for it. I think he looks really angry uh, and ready to do some damage in the league. You you mentioned obviously Reggie Jackson as, as a now you have Reggie Jackson come off the bench. Your second unit is fired up. They've got players. Yeah. You also got a coach who everyone sees as one of the best in the league in Ty Lue. Um, So like yeah, I think the Clippers are a bit dangerous and like that we'll have to see how if they can finally like live up to the potential that we've been trying to been stir up for the last like three four years. Um, we'll see if that eventually comes to fruition, but. It's, it's going to be very interesting to see what the Clippers can do. But fitness, as we mentioned, is going to be a big one. But, um, yeah, the NBA offseason seems to be just be clicking on all cylinders every single day. I look at my phone, there's just new updates. 
different trades happening. You know, the Hawks traded for um, Dejounte Murray uh, to support Trey Young in the back in the backcourt. Um, they've got now one of the best young backcourts in the league with Trey Young and Dejounte. Dejounte obviously had an All Star season last year and gets traded because the because the Spurs basically are just like, yeah, we are re- rebuild mode basically. Yeah, massive. we don't care about anything. Yes. We're trying to we're just trying to rebuild now. Everyone's trying to tank for this this uh, this young French guy. Uh, I forgot his name is, but it's this French guy is coming to the draft next year that everyone's just basically trying to tank for. He's like a seven footer, uh, looks mad, like just athletic and like lanky, and he can score mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So everybody's trying to tank for this guy for the future. Um, but yes, yeah, so the Spurs don't give a damn anymore. Traded Dejounte, who had a, he's like a player about to enter his prime, um, to the Hawks. The Hawks look like they're ready to go now. Uh, mm-hmm. but they've also made some trades themselves, uh, and it's going to be very interesting. We have to obviously talk about much more. But we could talk about the NBA offseason for like the whole episode because. Yeah, so much is happening. Uh, but I guess my last question on the NBA stuff and basketball stuff uh, really is like with uh, this news and with the Nets, like, do you reckon KD and Kyrie will be on the Nets at the start of the season or do you think they'll be elsewhere? They'll be elsewhere, man. They'll be elsewhere. Mm. Do you think but... they'll be together or different locations? Oh, uh, different locations. They, they, they talked about being, they said that they actually still want to play together. They still want to play together on the Nets anymore. The thing is, like, you can't really afford them. Like, that's it's, what I'm wondering. Like, <laughs> it's, um, that's why I don't think a team would be able to give them everything they really want. I do believe with this trade for the both of them, well, especially with KD, I feel like people will have to compromise a little bit. However, yeah. Gobert's, Gobert's rate has just changed the game. Yeah, like, unfortunately, it's a nasty precedent, bro. Five like, picks, like, yeah. Any, like these are future picks, definitely, but five future picks first round, that's a bit too crazy. Do you know what I'm saying? As well as players as well. Like this is a bit mad. Like for KD, I'm reckoning they probably want like three like all-star caliber-ish players add picks. That's 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 a bit too mad. But I mean he is 33. You will give up a lot, but you are getting a great shooter in him. Um yeah, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. Like, I don't think they're gonna end up on the same team personally. I I do feel like Kyrie will go to LA, um, mm. and I my feeling is that KD might go to the Heat. Oh, that could be interesting. Having that feeling, but I don't know because I'm wondering whether Golden State would, you know, blow up everything and bring him back. However. They've just got too many good young pieces, and it's yeah. too much of a risk. It's also not their style; like they don't do that every time. They're, they're not the team that trades for the superstars. They kind of bring them in either a free agency, or they like draft them. I, I don't see them doing that. Change their whole style up. Exactly, and I feel like they will be. They will draw a line in the sand of like, look, before when we did it, it was because you know, obviously, free agency, and we're not. We had a player that was, you know. Was like in his prime. I'm not saying he's not now, but like he, he was defo, like he was lethal. This last season, what we saw, I, I don't know what we saw. Like you know what I'm saying. Like so, yeah, it definitely. I reckon they're going to be on different teams, but it'll be interesting to see because that'll be the talk of the next couple of days. Where is he going? What pieces are being offered for him? Yeah, hundred percent. It's going to be scary, man. NBA is entering scary hours. It's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, but we'll talk, we'll talk about it more um, as we go through these next few weeks leading up into the new season. We're obviously in the thick of summer league right now, so the young players are showing out in, in the different teams, trying to secure spots in these teams for the future. 
so we'll see how that goes. Um, and we'll, I'm sure we'll discuss it a lot more. We're going to get some people on the pod to discuss it. People like Reese come back, uh, discuss their teams, discuss the different moves and yeah, stuff in the offseason. So that will be fun, definitely, definitely for sure in the NBA. Uh, but we're going to switch gears, uh, switch up to the NFL. Um, it's been quite quiet, obviously, because we're in the offseason mode in the NFL as well. Uh, but obviously, there's teams are trying to uh, entering like preseason and like OTAs and stuff like that. Um, but the big news from the NFL, kind of for the last few weeks, has been obviously that um, Rob Gronkowski's retired again. Uh, so he retires now for the second time uh, after that first time when he retired and came back during the Bucks. Then he won a championship, uh, and now he's retired again. So uh, obviously, Gronk is viewed as probably one of the best tight ends in modern the modern era of the game. Um, a lot of people see him as their number one of like all time, basically at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Kind of re- revolutionized the position. Um, I think without Gronk, you don't get a bunch of these 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 tight ends now who are catching the ball like they're wide receivers. Um, like what New England did with him when he first came into the league, kind of used him as, as almost like a wide receiver, uh, but also making him you know, like a killer in the, in the run game as well, which is kind of dangerous. So um, yeah, he's obviously reviewed as one of those guys and he's revered as one of those guys. I think he ends his career with like a bunch of touchdowns. Um, and like a bunch of yards as well. Mm. Uh, definitely one of the, one of the top top guys. But like, yeah, Gronk is uh, he's retired again. What are your thoughts? Do you reckon it's time for him to hang it up? Um, no, I think he still had a one or two more years in him. Um, obviously, it's been amazing for him to come back. You know, win another with um, with that exceptional man. Why is his Tom name Brady. jumped out? Uh, Tom Brady. Tom. Brady, but maybe he just thinks it's enough, you know. He's he's done a second round of him, you know. Obviously, his body's taken a lot. Honestly, yeah, the hits, the hits he, he's been taking over the last the years. Honestly, it's he's a been a freak of nature. Standing. But if we feel it's time for him him to go, I don't see why not. But I mean, last year he's even phenomenal. Like you, you see, he had um um eight hundred and two yards, six touchdowns. Like it's. He's doing dope things. Like he puts up very, very good numbers. Like and for the Patriots, he's always been successful. Um, and for the Bucks, he did his thing as well. So he contributed as well. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, if he feels like it's his time, it's his time. Honestly, we've seen some fantastic tight ends, but he will go down as one of the as one of the greatest. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, he's just just a phenomenal, phenomenal player, and. and and at one point, it was, he was one of Brady's, you know, favorite targets to go for, just because it was such a mismatch in terms of his height and size as well. Yeah, you know, the, the height is crazy, but the size as well, and his hands, his blocking. Yeah, man, what 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 can we say? Well, we gotta give it up to the guy. He was brilliant, and it's a shame to see him go. But yeah, man, he can go with his if his head head held high. He won, he won bare, you know, bare Super Bowls. So. And just just enjoy it, it. Exactly, yeah. I think that that first time he retired, retired, there was a lot of talk about like whether he still had a lot left in the tank and stuff like that. Yeah, of um, course. But I think this time everyone's kind of like, yeah, it makes sense. His mind, if, he's kind of the kind of he's the kind of guy where like if his mind's not in it anymore, then yeah, he's just, he's just not on it no more. Um, yeah. And it's 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 fun to see obviously like him play at that level. Uh, but if he feels he can't do it anymore, it makes sense for him to hang out. But as you mentioned, obviously one of those times he was Tom Brady's best best like target at all times. Um, I've, if you have got the chance to watch like Man in, the Man in the Arena on, on like mm-hmm. it's on Disney Plus, um, so this this is a documentary about like Tom Brady's career and all the stuff he's achieved so far. 
Um, and it's just, it's an amazing watch because you see a couple of episodes where he talks about his relationship with Gronk uh, and how those two were just so in sync on certain things. They knew when they were going to like both cut and do different things and where he was going to throw the ball at all times. Um, they just had a crazy connection. So yeah, man, sad to see him leave, but obviously uh, happy to move on to the next thing. I'm sure he'll make crazy amounts of money in broadcast or TV or whatever he goes to do next. So he, he's going to go crazy. Um, but um, we obviously talked last episode a bit about the NFL draft. Um, uh, a lot of teams made some some good moves. But my, my question to you really is kind of like, obviously we're looking towards next season now. We've got a couple of rookies that are, are going into next season. Is anyone in particular that you're looking forward to seeing the most maybe in going into next season, the rookies in particular? Ooh, that's a good question. Because um, I was actually looking at rookies, like people who they think will be rookie of the years. Um, Kenny Pickett, if he gets his chance, that would be very, very interesting to see. I see that, with the yeah. Steelers as well. But I like Drake London. I think that could be Drake London and um and Burks as well. I think that yeah. could be very, very interesting as to how things go. Um, so all three of them are definitely high up there for me. But for me, I think the dark horse in it, I'm gonna give two players first. I'm giving um Christian Watson for the Packers. I feel like he could explode and it could be kind of crazy. He could do something that rarely happens for the Packers. Whereas, you know, if you're trade if you're not traded, if you're drafted in as a wide receiver, you don't really explode like that for the Packers. You, mm-hmm. There's a lot of learning to be done. Um, and notoriously, no Packers kind of got over like 400 or 500 yards. Even like with, even with Cobb or with um with Jordy Nelson. So I think that could be quite interesting. But then I'm gonna go for a defensive pick, and I'm gonna say, um, the gentleman that was drafted by the Jets, Sauce Gardner. Yeah. I him as a cornerback, I think he's gonna be a bit crazy still. The speed, the hands. I think yeah, he he could win um. He could win Rookie of the Year. So, and I'll give a last shout out. I don't really want to, but Hutchinson as well because he's just a freak of nature. So, yeah, we we go we we go again. You know, we're all excited. Mm-hmm. Obviously, draft is finished. You know, um, I think um, camps are going to start in it. Training camps, camps starting gonna... soon. Yeah, I think camps. Yeah. training camps start soon. So, a lot of players are coming coming back. Um, so that's going to be very interesting to see, like how how things proceed and which, which yeah. players like get themselves further up the depth chart and stuff. Your pick, obviously, Christian Watson from the from the, from the Packers, he could be very interesting because obviously he's got the, he's in a very unique situation because obviously he plays for the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers is still there and he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. Um, so you've got one of the best guys throwing you the ball. He's a guy who seems to be really super, super quick at 6'5 in terms of his height. It's a recipe for success, really. So you think to yourself, what could go wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, but also you mentioned the whole thing with the Packers rookies and uh, drafted receivers in, uh, in particular that they don't tend to get a lot of yardage but he's in a unique situation as I mentioned because obviously like um, Devontae Adams isn't there anymore um, you don't re- I think uh, Valdez Scantley left as well so you're kind of looking for like new receivers that could be Ben's guys oh, not Ben's guys sorry um, Aaron's guys I'm thinking about Ben Roethlisberger that's so funny um, <laughs> it could be Aaron Rodgers' his, his next favourite targets uh, and I think Watson has a potential to, to, to step up as one of those guys so that could be interesting. Your team could be end up being like that team where like there's no on any given day you don't know who's gonna get the ball. It could be anybody, but that person's just gonna go off maybe at like two hundred yards, or whatever it is. So that that's it's gonna be a fun one to watch for sure. But yeah, as you mentioned, um, a couple of the players I think Chris Olave could be really good for the Saints. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Saints now obviously retooling that offense completely. Jameis Winston's um, coming back from injury. Yeah. Uh, Michael, Michael Thomas will be back from injury. They brought in Jarvis Landry. They've now got Chris Olave as well. Mm-hmm. That's like three decent receivers on that team with Winston. With with uh, Kamara in the backfield, if he, I think he, I think he's got some like off the field issues though. I don't know if he's gonna get through that. We'll have to see. Um, but like if he's back in as well, that's like you know, one of the best running backs in the league as well. So that could be very interesting. Um, I also really like uh, the the Jets running back they picked in the second round, Brees Hall. Um, I think mm, he's got potential yeah. potential to do things. He's one of the, he's kind of seen as like the best running back in this draft. Um, but obviously running backs, their value is kind of like the stock is a little bit decreased because. of just the fact that they have such a short shelf life in terms of being relevant. They've got like a couple of years of like really being guys and then obviously they get a bit injured or they get a bit worn because of the amount of hits it takes to the body and stuff. Um, but he's a young guy who a lot of people believe in. He's good in the back, he can catch it. Um, and I think he could be very interesting as, as, a, as a pick. The Jets could be really interesting. If they, if they all come together, the Jets in a few years could be a really good team. They could um, be, yeah. It's just that, same with New York basketball. New York football is just in a clown town state right now. Like, a lot of the teams are making weird decisions. The Giants are, are a bit of a clown organization. Um, they have to sort out their QB situation soon with, with Daniel Jones if they still think he's the guy. But the Jets seem to be on the, on the up. They've made some really good draft picks. Um, they've obviously still got Zach. Uh, what's his name again? Zach, what's it called? Quarterback from last year, Zach Wilson. Yeah. Um, hopefully he can be a guy for them as well. So I have to see the Jets could be an interesting proposition in a few years. Um, but as you mentioned, obviously, as well, on the defensive side of things, I think Source Gardner is just going to be a, a, just a monster on defense. Yeah, um, he don't, he, uh, he don't yeah, stuff. he could be dangerous. And I really like, obviously, uh, the, the Baltimore pick as well. I forgot his name now. Oh, is that the guy that was um, the Scottish guy? Uh, do you know what? Yes. So there was a Scottish guy as well who, who got picked. Uh, but this is the guy they picked at like 14. I think they picked him like 14th overall. Um, and I thought he could be really good. I forgot his oh, name. Oh, you mean Carl um, Hamilton? That's the one. He's a guy I love going to the draft. I think he could be. He could be dangerous. Oh yeah, well. yeah, he was. He was really good. But I was mentioning um, David Ojibo. Yes. Yeah. A lot. A lot, of, like, a lot of um, Africans picked in this draft. I saw that last episode of NFL draft. Of some guys, I think as an Ike Ike. I forgot his name now. He's a Nigerian guy. Went to went back to Carolina. He's from there originally. Went back there. Yeah, yeah. That was quite a nice pick. So yeah, that's good to see. So um, yeah, the NFL is very interesting. Obviously, they're only off season right now, so not a lot is happening. But every now and then, a little bit of news happens. Um, do you have a team or like a player that you that you think will be the most improved next season? Um, most I've, improved. I've, yeah, like I reckon. I think personally, I think the Eagles. Are gonna I was going to really, go for really that because I feel like their offense is. Uh, if it all goes right, they've got Jalen Hurts, who's a you know dual dual threat quarterback. That a lot of people like. Especially if you're thinking fantasy football wise, he could be very dangerous. Yeah, um, it's either that or, I'm, or I might even say the Chargers, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've always mentioned about them being dark horses and if it's coming together for them. So, but definitely, yeah, they, they I did some like... great tuning up in the defense this offseason. They got like, they brought in um, Khalil Mack. They obviously still got Joey Bosa. Yeah. Um, so they, they got dangerous, dangerous, dangerous Mexico defense. They've got one team, the Dolphins, possibly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if it goes yeah. right and t- and Tua is the guy, like the Dolphins could be very very sneaky on, on offense. Like they've got a quick 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 receivers. Um, obviously they have the guy who's called the cheetah himself. Um, they added obviously they have Jalen Waddle from last year who was quick himself as well. If it all works out for the Dolphins in a in a in a division that is like not up for grabs because obviously New York New England are there, 
Um, and the Bills are there as well, but they've got potential to do some things, I think, for sure. But the reason why I'm picking the Eagles mainly is because their division is kind of a little bit up grabs. Obviously, like, the Cowboys are good, um, but we'll have to see what really happens with the Cowboys. They kind of always end up just being the Cowboys and doing their thing. Um, but the Giants yeah. suck, really, and the Jets kind of suck a bit, really. Um, not just the Jets, but they're not, they're not in their division, sorry, but it's the Cowboys, uh, it's the Eagles, it's the Giants, and one other team I've forgotten now, but they seem to also suck as well. Washington, that's the one. Um, yeah, Washington, they suck as well. So, like, I think the Eagles, their division's up for grabs. I think they can maybe pinch it if they if it all clicks for them, for sure. Mm-hmm. Players-wise, definitely as well. I think, I, well, I'd like to see what Jalen Hurts does um, as a QB. I think he... He now kind of has the full back end of, of the of the organization. So that's gonna be quite interesting to see if he's able to fulfill that potential um and to come through for them. But I'd I'd really like to see what um Trevor Lawrence does as well next year. Obviously, he was the first overall pick two years ago. Mm. Yeah, yeah, those um, the hype on him was a lot still. Yeah, a lot of hype, a lot of pressure, but his team were trash, like so bad. And he he got found wanting a couple of times. Obviously, he's a guy who from high school to college to now. He had never lost really, like ever. Um, then he gets to the NFL and he just joins like a joke team operate, operation in the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, who hired Urban Meyer as their coach, who was just a joke man. Uh, he was unserious as a coach, unprepared for certain matches, um, and they, they just did they didn't do anything basically. They had the first overall pick again this year, which just shows how trash they were. Um, but now they've obviously got a new coach, a new regime in place. So I'd like to see what happens to Trevor Lawrence if he's able to fulfill his potential and be the guy that everyone thinks he could be. Um, or if he ends up just being one of these first overall picks that we talk about as, as potential bust, so that could be very interesting. Mm. Sure, for sure. But yeah, as we mentioned, obviously NFL is is on a is on a bit of a break, so we don't have loads to talk about with the NFL. Um, but we are going to switch gears once again and talk about the good old football. So. With the uh, football, obviously, we are also in the off season. It feels like everything's in off season right now. Really, football is, yeah. NFL is, NBA is. In the summer, yeah. And obviously, because typically it would have been a World Cup year, but it's not. Oh, so, man. You yeah. know. It's going to be weird, man. World Cup in November, is it? Or whatever it is? Yeah, November is going to definitely be a strange one, to be fair. So, yeah. It's going to be so weird. It should have been the perfect summer, man. It should have been, it should have been World Cup. It should have been Love Island. It should have been lit. Some sun is out a little bit as well. We have like two weeks of sun. Yeah, <laughs> it, sh- it should have been summer 22, man. It's meant to be beautiful, but COVID did its thing. Um, and now we have to, to deal with it. So, um, in terms of the uh, Premier League, we're going to talk about a little bit Premier League mm-hmm. specifically. Uh, which can discuss some of the transfers so far that have gone through. I just want to get your thoughts on some of these transfers. Yeah, today in particular, it's been a mad one. It has been a bit of a crazy one, still. A little bit, we'll, of a... we'll just start with the two most recent ones, um, oh. which is obviously Calvin Phillips to Man City. Uh, and on the opposite side, Gabriel Jesus from Man City to Arsenal. Yes, yes, your, yes. your thoughts on those transfers, bro? Um, you know what the Gabriel Jesus still is. Um, it's a decent one to be fair. I can't even lie. Like Arsenal are getting themselves a decent striker. Um, yeah, don't play this brother out wide. You can do a job out wide. <laughs> don't play this brother out wide. <laughs> Honestly, I just sometimes I just think that that's what I feel like Pep was boying it like. This guy's a striker. He's like, yeah, yeah, just go forward, left. He's like, I don't yeah. want to play forward. I want to play as a striker. Now, nah, yeah, you play on left. He's like, okay. But I mean, obviously, when you're winning stuff, who cares? But exactly. it gets to a point where it's like, man, I want to play. And if you're playing like, like you're booing it off. I'm actually a striker. 
and you're playing like Foden at false nine. What yeah. what are we doing here? Like we did it. <laughs> so to be fair, like I would say the damage is done, but for him it was like, nah, I need to get out. Obviously, Arsenal come in, like Arsenal big go for him, go for him, go for him. And 45 million, that's not a lot of money for a in, guy. In today's economy, it. it's not. It's really not. It, it could prove to be a very, very shrewd styling. A lot of people are like, ah, oh, look at that, you know, allergic to Champions League now. Da, da, da. But it could be quite shrewd. That like, Arsenal were trying to look for strikers. Man, some of the top ones, it, it, it's going to cost a, an arm and a leg. But for me, I think it'll be a decent deal. As for the Calvin Phillips one, man, man, man I think they've, they've got away with one there, to be fair. Like, 42 million? Uh, that's very cheap indeed. But I would say it's about right. Because in, in this market, you know, if English players inflated, they're very yeah. inflated. So I'm surprised he didn't actually go for like a 60. When, when people are talking about Rice, Declan Rice being worth 100 million, it, it's outrageous. Um, numbers, bro. I think it's numbers decent, the yeah. yeah, but Pep's been very smart there. You know, you, you saw Fernandinho, like, at times last season, especially in that Real Madrid game, got absolutely burned by Vinicius. So it's 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 mad. So um I think it's a decent move. Um yeah, both of those moves are, are very decent ones. I'll probably say the Calvin Phillips one is is um slightly better, I think. However, both of those deals money wise, got a clap to that. Still, I feel like they were very, very decent deals. No, exactly. Like I, I agree hundred percent. I think those are really good deals for the, these for both teams. Um Arsenal, Arsenal side of things. Like I'm, I'm quite happy with what Arsenal done this, this, um, this, this off season. Like, well, I keep saying off season like an American, but this, uh, this transfer window. Mm. Um, I think they've done some really good moves. Like, I like some of the players they've brought in. Um, and I, I just do, I do think they've got like, a, a nice young nucleus now that they can really build around. I think Gabriel is a, is a good move. Um, I think you add him to like. Sorry, you can hear screaming in the background here. That's so funny. All right. Um, <laughs> You add him to like to the players that they have, I think they could be really good. Um, obviously with people like Saka and all these guys, um, Martinelli and all these guys. Yeah, I like I like what I see from Arsenal. I think obviously they re-signed Eddie Nketiah, gave him the number fourteen shirt. People really complained about that, or like, oh, you're comparing him to Henri. I'm like, just chill out. It's just a shirt number. Let him play a little bit. Let's see what happens. Um, but now they needed a striker. Obviously, they lost both Lacazette and Aubameyang. Um, so they need they need somebody and and you know Gabriel Jesus is a guy who I, who's often as you mentioned disrespected by Pep sometimes wants to play in the center Pep is like nah bro play out wide please and I'm gonna yeah. play Foden <laughs> Foden at false nine and um but yeah in the end he gets he gets a move apparently a lot of teams wanted him tried to steal the deal last minute uh but he was he was hell bent on going to Arsenal for some reason um so we'll see like maybe maybe it works out for him in the end uh, but good deals nevertheless um some other deals with Charleston to Tottenham from Everton mm. it's looking like 60 milli is, is that a lot of money for Richarlison I feel like it was a lot of money to be fair I ain't gonna lie with you that with that particular one mate I feel like it's been a bit of a crazy one there like I, I won't pay that money um, I still don't think he's that that dope but do you know what they, they obviously think that he's worth it it does give another option after Son and Kane. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, what, I don't know. I'm just thinking in my mind, it's like, would you would you want to do that, like, really? Like, go to a team where, you know, Kane will possibly play all the time. Uh, but, um, yeah, 
I, I don't want to say it is where it is, but it's one where you have to think to yourself, um, yeah, you have to think to yourself, well, they've paid that money, Everton, you know, it's, it's not really coming from there. And yeah, as I always say, time will tell, man. Time will tell. Mm. I actually wonder if, like, if, you know, like Kuliashevsky, was that was that deal like permanent or was it was a loan? Right? Yeah, they made it, that deal it... permanent, which I think was yeah, because that's good business. I would have made him permanent and not worried about Richarlison as well. But I guess they wanted to get depth, which is what we talk about. Obviously, Massey have depth for days, so now they get that, and um, they've got two, like you know, three guys up front who could who could be a, top, a dangerous top three. Yeah, um, and Richarlison, Son, and Kane. Um, Kuliszewski is there as well. He was quite, he was really sort of end of, end of the last year when he came in. Um, so yeah, like what Tottenham did, it's a lot of money though for a guy, you know, who's he's he's solid. Um, and I think he's good, but like, yeah, we'll see if sixty million is, is an overpay. Um, I think if you consider that Gabriel Jesus went for forty five, um, sixty is a, is a lot. But obviously, you think about age and stuff. Which Allison is what? What's he like? Twenty twenty five or something? Is he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's not that old in terms of like age. Um. So yeah, we'll see how that goes out, but that's it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, other other confirmed deals, obviously, like since we last spoke, the unfortunate one, Sadio. Yeah, Sadio well. Mane, bro. Let's just let's just a minute silence for Sadio Mane at Bayern Munich, bro. Like, I know, I know. what's that? My I was sick to my stomach when I saw Mane in a, in a Bayern jersey, bro. I know, like, I, know, I, just, I know. Like, I get it in terms of like obviously the money and stuff and. Like, you know, people, they're trying to offer him rubbish money to stay at Liverpool. I don't know what it was, but I'm convinced it wasn't just money. Like, I think he just wanted a new challenge. I think he was tired of being being compared in, to, like, Salah and, and, yeah, being inside of Shadow. Uh, sorry, yeah, Salah and Shadow. I think he was just tired of all of that. I think he wanted a bit of freedom. Um, Obviously, the, I've heard the money at, at Bayern, Bayern that they're paying him mm-hmm. is silly money. I think they almost doubled his salary or whatever it was. Like, yeah, yeah. I think he's on stupid money right now, so I get it for him, and I think he'll do really well there in that league. Like, I think he'll really succeed in in, in the German league, the Bundesliga. So, like, I love it for him personally as a person, as an African. I think I like. I actually think also the African Cup of Nations really burned him. Like the fact that no one clapped or whatever it was or celebrated when he came back, um, as a champion from the African nations, I think it really, I think it really got to him. So, uh, yeah, like it's it's a lot, but like it, it makes me sad to see, but. We've tried to retool. Obviously, we signed Derwin um, uh, Nunes, uh, and we've we've obviously got that for, uh, Fabio Carvalho as well, and other players like that. But yeah, man, your thoughts on the Mane move? Like, what do you, what do you reckon, bro? Oh, bro, I, honestly, it burned me for this to kind of happen, man. I didn't think it was, but do you know what it is? I think it was. Um, it was like a, he wanted a new challenge. I get that. I didn't like how in the jokes it was in the media where it was like, oh, wherever the fans want me to go, then I'll go. I wasn't a fan of that, but he, he gave us, you know, six amazing years. Yeah. It's painful to see him go, but he did it in a way which was nice. A nice way, what I mean by that is he didn't sulk and say he's not going to play. He concentrated, he did his best, gave his all in the final. And yeah, man, he leaves as a Liverpool legend. It's just a shame because it's just a weird one for me definitely going to Bayern but but why go to like a, a, a team like that really where that league isn't as fun and competitive however you know maybe he just wants to go back there because um uh Germany is 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 a is a is a, is a decent league 
So I thought he could be convinced to stay, but I, I feel it might also do also with money and how he's viewed as in, you know, I believe I'm one of the best players in the world. I should get paid X amount as Salah did. And then there was a compromise, but with, I think with both of them, they weren't willing to, to smash the records to pay them crazy money. So yeah. I understand why he's left, but it's sad because he was one of my favorite players. And had a great second season, but um, yeah, man, it go, like, I pray that it goes well for him in, in Bayern Munich. And yeah, man, we we'll see how Nunes will come in. Carvalho looks looks ready for the season. It, it could be quite an exciting one still with some of the players yeah. um, soon to make their mark on this first team squad. So yeah, I'm excited. No, for sure, uh, it's it's going to be very interesting. Um, some other ones, obviously, uh, Nick Pope signing for for Newcastle. They've now got a keeper, they believe, and I believe. Um, and number one keeper for them, I guess. The who who they haven't got right now is it? Uh, Dubrev Dubravka Dubravka. Um, um yes. I guess they're they're replacing now with Nick Pope. Yes. So that's gonna, that's, that's going to be quite fun. Obviously, another huge one. Uh, man like Romelu going back to Inter on loan. Oh my days! Honestly, what a move there. Yeah, if you're Inter, that's a great move. I think Romelu back in, in the fold playing where he plays his best football in Italy. Um, they already had a decent season last year. So he didn't win the league last year, but I think they've 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 kind of retooled and are, are ready to kind of go again. I think they got Romelu. They also brought in... Uh, uh, did they bring in Mkhitaryan? Yeah, they did, actually. Yeah, on a did free, they, yeah. They like bringing these old players, you know? So, yeah, yeah. So they're, they're, ready, to, they're ready to do some things. I think I think, I think Inter could be, could be back again. Could be quite dangerous, but um, yeah, Romelu's yeah. back to back to back in back in Italy, but obviously proving once again that these it's something about these Chelsea number nines, bro. Chelsea strikers right now, what's going on? Like, why can no one stay there and just be as successful as like a Drogba was? Why is it? I don't know if has Chelsea had, in fact, that's my next question. Have Chelsea actually had a striker since Drogba that has just been consistently solid for them up front, or have they just I been think trying they to find did. someone? They had Costa for okay, a while. Yes. Yes, but then obviously, then he left, and I think finding that number nine has been tricky. Honestly, they have... they've gone through people like Morata came for a bit, didn't last very long. Well, yeah, Haku's come and gone twice. Is it? I don't know what it is now, hasn't lasted. Um, yeah. what's his face? Werder Bremen, Donny can't buy a goal. Um, Timo Werner, like he's just not the guy for them up front. Tammy Abraham goes to Italy, becomes. A club legend in Roma, not club legend, but they love him over in Roma. He's he's killing it over there. Yeah, he couldn't he couldn't do it up front. Like like, what's up with Chelsea? Why can't they keep strikers to to be consistent up front? Like, what's going on? I don't know. You, you know, I I also think sometimes the strikers they get the fees are so massive and crazy. I feel like that has a little play on the mind. And yeah, man, it just doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to work. I, I thought Tammy would definitely come through, but um, yeah, that that hasn't really worked either. It's going to take them time. They probably should just continue with um, um, Havertz playing as that as the, their new number nine, and that seems to be kind of working out ish. So mm. I, I would kind of go with that, continue with him, and and see how things pan out. To be fair, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, is to see how it is, but obviously, like they loan him. Oh, out. you know the rumor. You know what the rumors are, right? What's the rumour? The rumours is that, you know, that Chelsea have got in touch with Man United about seriously looking to, to buy in Ronaldo. 
Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, Ronaldo said that he wants to leave now. He, he wants to play in the Champions League. Which, the timing is a bit unusual, though, to be honest. It's very, very odd. Like, yeah. It's very, very strange. It is, but, like, this this Ronaldo move, obviously, when he came, when he went to, uh, to uh, you know, United the first time, we, we all said it, it was going to be a good move in terms of, like, the immediate future, but long term. Yeah. Probably not, probably not the best thing, but... Um, yeah, you've led on quite nicely to to the rumors, like the rumors of the transfer time. Uh, we're going to talk a bit about smoke or fire in terms of these uh, these rumors. So, smoke is it rubbish? Fire is there some is there some levity to it? Like, could it be a thing? So we'll start off with that. Um, the Ronaldo to Chelsea rumors: is it smoke? Is it fire? Could it be real, or is it just a bit of a bit rubbish? I think it's fire. You know, I think like he could go, man. Yeah, he could really go. Yeah, like. It's for me. It's funny, yeah, because I'm just thinking, raw. Like, if he was to go there, like, gosh, like Chelsea definitely a, a force. But it's um, it's a crazy one. It's a crazy. I'm saying it's a crazy one because, like, you don't want to just give a prime player like that to another team. However, what what can you do, man? He wants to play Champions League. Man United are not in it. Yeah, you have to make a compromise. They're saying he's not up for sale. But um, yeah, I he think that, want to be there anymore. yeah. If he if he doesn't want to, you kind of don't want to keep a player he doesn't, and it's a shame because what he's kind of telling you is he, he doesn't really believe in this in this team anymore. You know, apparently he's been wanting to leave, wanting to go for a while. But um, yeah, I think it I think it is fire for for me. Sorry, I want a bit of a tangent, but it's definitely fire. Same team again, Chelsea. This time linked with Neymar. Is it smoke? Is it fire? I think it's I think it's 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 fire because Neymar is unhappy, but man, and Chelsea are a team who have pockets in order to buy, but they're not they're not that deep anymore though. They're That's not a fact, that deep yeah. anymore. <laughs> so um I reckon it will be yeah, it is fire for me. I reckon they're interested, but it's gonna be how much they're worth they're they're willing to pay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think both of those are kind of, it's like, yeah, they're like in-betweens, really. Because obviously, like, on the one hand, you need, you know that Chelsea actually need, they need a striker. Like, they need somebody. Um, but I just don't know if it would be one of these two. Um, yeah, I, just don't, I, don't, I don't see Ronaldo leaving United to go to Chelsea. I, don't, I just don't think he's that kind of player. But I also don't think United would accept that kind of that kind of money. Um, so, and, and yeah, I don't think they want to sell him. And Neymar in particular, like, I just don't know if, if Chelsea's a team for him either. In that system, I don't know if it's what he needs at this point in his career, like to truly just be himself and play football he wants to play. He might mm-hmm. be tired of, of, the, of the PSG way of doing things, so we'll see. Um, but a move they could make, obviously, you'll never Chelsea one. I don't know why we're talking about Chelsea a lot, but uh, people linking him as well with obviously with Lewandowski, who's quite famously unhappy with his situation. Um, but uh, again, is that smoke? Is that fire? I have no idea. Well, that, that, is, this... that is definitely fire. About Lewandowski not being happy? No, about him wanting to go to uh to like what's him potentially going with Chelsea. Ooh, I thought that smoke. I thought that smoke. The Same. what I've heard a lot is that um it's what I've heard a lot is that it's you know he really wants to go Barcelona. Yeah. And Barcelona are very much interested, as they are in quite a lot of players. That's the one. But man. um whether he goes, I'm not sure. But definitely smoke to Chelsea. I don't know if they would be willing, but no. As we always say, <laughs> that's become like my Something like my tagline, never say never, I know. That's a fact, exactly. 
Um, another smoke of fire, uh, Leeds apparently in, in advanced talks to sign Tyler Adams from Leipzig. Uh, could it be smoke, could it be fire? Obviously, their coach is, um, is American. Tyler mm-hmm. Adams is obviously one of these young American up-and-coming footballers. Uh, so to, I'm sure it, it'd be up, you know, it'd be a big interest to have him at Leeds. So I I actually might think this one might be fire. I think it's, I think I can see this one going through. Obviously, they need, they need to replace Calvin Phillips, who just left. Um, yeah, true. And he plays the same position. Obviously, as American has that connection to the coach. Uh, so I can see this one going through in the end. I think they might, they might pull it out of the bag and, and sign this guy. Uh, so that could be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other ones. Uh, so Luke, one second. Uh, Bayern Munich apparently interested in uh, Juve centre back Matthias Delict. Is it smoke? Is it fire? Bayern uh, Munich being interested. Um, oof, it could be. It, mm, I feel that smoke. No, I feel like he's more that Juve want him to stay or Chelsea who are really looking for centre backs. Yeah. In, so. Yeah, I think it will be. Um, I think it will be that. To be fair, yeah, that's probably the case. To be honest with you, it's it's a, it's going to be interesting. We've got a lot, a lot of stuff happening. Obviously, this transfer window has just been crazy. Just moves after moves. Uh, people signing new deals and staying with their teams. Obviously, we had Salah sign a new contract with Liverpool. Um, the money that we offered, we gave Salah. Do you think it's a lot? Wait, the money that we gave Salah. Yeah. Um. Oof. I think, personally, I think it, it was quite a bit. However, it was incentivized quite a lot by him, like, scoring records and stuff. But I think it, it, with, with with Salah, it was it's different. And I compare it to Mane and say it's different. It's because Salah wanted to stay. He just mm. wanted a contract that recognised him as one of the best players in the world. Liverpool yeah. didn't want to break the bank, but were willing to compromise to a certain degree. So, um. Yeah, like it's it's one where definitely I don't think we could have lost the both of them in no, one. Terrible. That'd be the worst transfer ever. Yeah, that's a total like like revamp. And there's talks of even Bobby. Well, I've seen on Twitter. I don't know if it's hundred percent about Bobby Firmino about maybe people putting in an, an offer. But I'm just like with Salah, I think it's one where you, you've got to pay him that. But Liverpool give him the. They give him the basis for him to, you know, do big things again. And I feel like he'll be, again, immense for next season. And, um, yeah, it's a bit like we go again, really. Like, as as in the words of Salah, that's what he said. We do go again. So, I'm excited. Like, it, it, it's definitely amazing to see. And I think there's more to come. I feel like Salah will win more. I, I think he might even eventually even retire, like, at Liverpool. To be fair, however, I could probably see him, him moving maybe back to Egypt or something like that, depending on, you know. But um, yeah, he, he had to get paid, man. He had to get paid, and um, yeah, we we look forward to this new season where I think um, I think like it's gonna be exciting to see how things will look without Salah. But I'm excited for the new um the new era that is coming you know at Liverpool where a lot of players will probably transition and the, the side is being reformed again you know yeah I like I like to think of us a bit like the Warriors in, in the sense that we had like our moment of like you know 
looking like dynasty legacy type type team mm-hmm. with our with our front three, one in the Premier League, one in the Champions League, all this stuff. Um, and obviously, like you now have to try and retool, and you might lose a, a superstar player along the way, but you have to try and get young players who could be superstars in the future. Yeah, of um, course. And yeah. I think I think we're trying to do that with Darwin. I think we're trying to do that with Fabio Carvalho, and obviously Harvey Elliott's a guy that people believe in a lot. Gave him a new number. He's he's now number nineteen, whatever it is now. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be quite interesting to see how Liverpool progress. Uh, but one last uh, smoke or fire. Again, it's Chelsea. I don't know why we're discussing Chelsea so much this episode. I'm sorry, guys. Like I don't. I don't normally condone as much Chelsea talk, but they just they're in they're in the market for players because they need a, they need players in it. Um, but Sterling, Raheem Sterling to Chelsea apparently is a bonus that's on the that's on the cards. I think that will happen. I think it will go through and it will be. It's weird because again, like Man City will probably go out and replace, but it's weird to think that you know a player like that could be in and out of the side when he's really good. Honestly, Sterling is being yeah. so disrespected. It really. Beezes me off, man. I saw a graphic comparing. I think it was it was Sterling, it was Timo Werner, and Christian Pulisic, and it was bench one, start one, cut one. And I was like, first of all, the level of disrespect on this internet to put Sterling beside those two bums—not bums, well, in Werner's case, <laughs> a bum—but to put Sterling between those two players is disrespectful. Like. No one is picking Timo Werner over Sterling. And at this current point, no one's picking Pulisic over, over Sterling. Like, yeah, he's good. But, like, come on now. It's Raheem Sterling. Like, let's not do that. Like, I was I was heavily offended on Sterling's behalf. He's been disrespected by English media for years. In fact, I want Sterling to leave England, fam. Go to Italy, fam. Go be a hero in Italy. Like, leave this leave this dead England behind, fam. They hate you here. Don't, don't stay where they hate you. Go back home. Go back to Jamaica, in fact. Go be a king in Jamaica. I don't know. Because like at the mo- at this point, like he just can't get respect that he deserves because he's a good player. Like Sterling yeah. has been good for several seasons, and he's continuously disrespected, yeah. especially on that City team where he's just obviously a, like any- anyone on that City team is just another player. Basically, there's no superstars necessarily, unless you're t- unless you're Kevin De Bruyne because you're just that guy. But like, especially that up front, that front line, they're quite all interchangeable. We all know that now. But mm-hmm. um, no, I need I need people to put some respect on Sterling's name ASAP. Um, and if he does go to Chelsea, there's no way he's starting behind. He's not. There's no way you put in Timo Werner ahead of him or Christian Pulisic. Them, them both. They're two. They're both getting benched for Sterling instantly. Put some respect on my boy's name. I hear that. I hear that. That's my rant over. Um, but yeah, in terms of the Premier League, obviously we're gearing up for another season. I think a lot of teams have come back now for preseason. They've started the initial phases of coming back. It's quite a quick turnaround for us. I think we're quite already already back in the in the swing of it. We're going to have preseason games. Probably the next few weeks, um, and then the league will be starting again in August, so that's going to be quite interesting. Uh, but your very early predictions, I guess, for next season who do you reckon this early in the season? We haven't obviously haven't, haven't seen a single preseason game, we don't even know if the teams are going to work together or gel together, nothing. Mm. But your very early prediction for champion for next year for the Premier League, I think do you know what I, I pull it down as, um, like a, a five a five-tier race. And what I mean by that is I think Man City, Liverpool are going to be there. Don't discredit Spurs. They're making a lot of shrewd transfers and signings. Yeah. And who's, the, who's the midfielder they signed? Um, Basuma, yes. Yeah, yeah, man. Very interesting deals. Yeah. A lot of people are interested in... Um, yeah, this, I don't discount, discount anyone, really. Chelsea could be, a, could be there as well, so... Your, your top side, you're looking at Liverpool, 
Man Manchester City, Chelsea, um, Arsenal, Man United could all do things. However, I still feel like Man I still feel, not Man United, sorry. I still feel like Liverpool and Man City are the they're the they're the line that teams are trying to reach. Mm. So I think that everyone will be involved in that race at the beginning, but then teams will start to slide away. You, you to be honest, Man City they will be the favourites. But I think it could be interesting for Liverpool this season. I think there'll be more tactical changes and I think we could see an evolution of Liverpool to be something which is very, very scary. With a mm. player like Nunes, who can be quite physical, still have that speed to go in behind. But um, yeah, it still has a lot to do to kind of prove himself in this system. But I think Liverpool have handed out that money and said, like, look, we, we believe that you can do this. And when you saw Liverpool play, Bene, was it wait, Benfica, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the Champions League, you thought to yourself, wow, this kid is, yeah, as Klopp said, he's, he's not too bad, eh? good looking boy. Klopp <laughs> <Yeah>, words, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. fascinating to see. But I am kind of very intrigued by uh, Carvalho, who I think, mm, same. He, that I don't want to like, big him up. Could be Coutinho esque. He could be that. Yeah, player. like I, I try not to do this for English players, but when I saw him, the first game I ever saw him play, match of the day, he was playing for Fulham. I think he came on late, like one game, and like he just looked dangerous. And that was, that was when he was like young, young. And I was like, yeah, this kid is going to be sick sometime. Um, and like, yeah, sorry to cut you off quickly, but yeah, no, I think I think he's going to be great in a few years. Me too. I really do think he is. But I am, I'm, I'm, man, I'm excited for this season. I think, again, it will be an interesting one in terms of how the sides are going to factor in this World Cup coming, coming in. Yeah, and, that's going to be very interesting. But do you know what's so crazy in terms of like how we're doing and stuff? It is it, not even how we're doing, but like there's top players who won't be going to the World Cup. Salah, like Robertson, yeah. Diaz, like in our squad. A lot of players will get a chance to get a good rested, should I'm saying, and then go again. So I think it will be interesting how players will adapt after coming back from the World Cup. And I mm-hmm. think it it's also it's quite dangerous if if I'm being honest. Because the break we, for some players, they're gonna yeah, get a break. No, and then no, some players, some players aren't gonna get a break. They're gonna have to just yeah. play constant football for that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, World Cup tournaments take a lot out of you. I think yeah. it, it, a lot of those players that would will come back. A lot of the players, um, a lot of their managers are going to be like, "Look, you need to put you on a special program and gently yeah. coach you back in." You played a lot of football. Not saying you haven't got in, but we might have to rest you a little bit more. Tournament football, especially international wise, is like is almost like up, 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 up to Champions League football. It is yeah. very demanding. It's crazy. Especially where they're playing it, man. It's going to be hot. Like, Honestly. People so, are going um, to faint. <laughs> that's what I'm intrigued to see. I'm intrigued to see how sides will adapt to this going yeah. forward. But I am excited that, it, I mean, we'll, we'll have like such a, um, such a spoil of football across board. You're yeah. talking about like, football, like Premier League, different leagues, Champions League, different European competitions, World Cup, and then back World to it Cup. again. I can't complain there. And that's it's, Eli out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a lot of football. But as you mentioned, like the break could be, is a hit or miss. You've got players who are going to go on, who are going to not have a break, be playing constant football, but going to need to be on a minutes restriction when they come back. 
your guys were going to have a long break, but if they're like hitting top form before the break and then World Cup happens, it's a couple of weeks off, whatever it is, they have to come back again. Like, are they going to be the same players they were when they had the before the break? I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. So, yeah, it's going to be one of the, like, a very, very weird season. Like, I'm looking forward to it, as you mentioned, for sport, for sport for choice in terms of the, of the football we're going to have uh, and the games we're going to have. But, um, yeah, a lot of teams are going to have a, a lot of interesting choices to make. In fact, I'm shocked that a lot of teams aren't getting a lot more depth in because of the way that it's going to go. Like, in terms yeah. of, like, when I think about, like, basketball, for example, when you think about loads of restriction, like, manage, like, like minute management for certain players, um, you have to have players who can like back up in those in those positions, and some teams maybe aren't, in my opinion, maybe not doing that enough. I don't think they have enough solutions in certain positions, um, and it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens with like injuries and, and fatigue and all that stuff. So, as you mentioned, also as we mentioned, the the World Cup is in, is in Qatar this year. Like it's it's going to be hot. Like players are going to be like needing rest, and there's going to be plenty of water breaks and plenty of substitutions being used and stuff like that. So, it's going to be very very interesting um, going into next season. Uh, but my early, early prediction um, is the C going to win it again. I think they are scary, scary, scary boys. Um, I could just, I, I mean, we, we haven't mentioned, obviously we mentioned it last episode, but Harlan's there now. Like, Harlan. <laughs> yeah, you add him to that team that was already sick. They brought in more players as well. Um, still got one of the best coaches in the game. Still got some of the best players in the game, like De Bruyne and all these guys. Uh, they're going to be an interesting team. I, I wonder if next season is the season that City eventually get the monkey off their back that is the Champions League. Mm. Like, like do they do they make a move next year? And actually, like, if I'm them, I'm priorities in Champions League. Like, I don't give a damn about Premier League next season. Like, I know we can win it potentially, but, like, I, I would I would actually forfeit the Premier League for the Champions League next year if I'm City. Like, I'm going all in. Like, in terms oh, of rest yeah, cool. I'd rest players for the Premier League so they can play in Champions League. That's how much I'd yeah. go in. You know, if I see next year, but also they're going to try and win everything because they want to. So, and actually they can; they've got the depth for it. So we'll see. It's uh, it's like it's going to be very interesting. But um, yeah, man, football's obviously as all of our sports are kind of in an off-season period or in a bit of a break. Yeah, uh, but we're, but transition. we, we're transitioning into the new season. As as Salah said, man, we go again. So um, indeed, that's what that's what we got to do. We got to go again, and uh, in a, another week of of the Aggregate School podcast. Um, but yeah, man. We talked about a lot. There's a lot to pack in. We've had we've got like four. We had like four weeks off or three weeks off. Whatever it is. Yeah. I think our last episode was like the start of June. So start of June, start of July. Hopefully we don't leave it a month again to the next episode. I think we'll, we'll link up again next week and get this thing get this thing sorted. But um, yeah, definitely. Hopefully we'll get a guest on. I know so. Yeah. We'll like throw in there like the women's European Championship starts. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I can't believe I yeah, we should be to mention that. Exciting. So um. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they open up their. Oh gosh, they open up. Just trying to see the first game is against. Will be Austria. Mm. That'll be uh, eight o'clock this Wednesday. Nice. So we're definitely gonna talk about that uh, and give updates on that as well because it's uh, it's about time these women got some respect, man. They're playing some decent football, man, and not just women's football, but women's basketball is so disrespected in America. Like it's unreal. I saw like a video of people being offered like, would you take one dollar or take the ticket to a WNBA game? Yeah. People, people were taking a dollar. I was like, this is disrespectful. Yeah, so, it's a bit um, bad to be fair. So it's just insane. I think uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, we'll talk about the women's Euros coming up in the next weeks or in next the next couple of weeks as well. Um, and yeah, it's going to be fun. So uh, 
it's been another great episode of the Aggregate School Podcast with myself, Ayant, uh, and obviously my co-host, Elijah. As you mentioned, we're going to try and get a guest on soon. Um, and we're going to try and be back with these episodes, man. And yeah, try and be, sorry. Try, try, try and be consistent again. <laughs> we're, trying, we're going to try and get it back. But um, yeah, man, as always, follow us on the socials. Follow us on everything. We are aggregate underscore score on everything. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, what's the other one we're on? We're on everything. At aggregate underscore score underscore. Yeah, aggregate underscore score. <laughs> on everything uh but you know thanks for thanks for joining this episode bro it's been it's been real it's been fun and uh yeah see you again soon all right man peace peace